minus three. With Dave Damashek. Ooh, big night in Milwaukee for the Bucks and their fans. Sad times for Rams fans in Los Angeles and Cam Akers. People in Pittsburgh feeling good about Melvin Ingram. The Pro Bowler coming over to the Steelers. So much to talk about. Hi and hello and welcome to Minus 3 presented by FanDuel. Part of the Extra Points Network. Eddie Spaghetti along for the ride as always. As always, we keep our focus as best we can on all things Northeast in Sports America. But, of course, with so little to talk about in the Northeast, all we have are NBA Finals to talk about in baseball. But football is on the horizon, like I say. So let's chop it up with our pal from You Better You Bet, Nick Costos, coming your way in just a second. In the meantime, Eddie Spaghetti, what's going down? What do you think is going to happen? Tuesday night, Game 6 in Milwaukee. Do the Bucks get to cut down the figurative nets? Reminder, they should really cut down the literal nets. It's a cool-looking thing to do. Why are you too cool to do that? Either way, Spaghetti, I'll say you. Well, I've been picking the Suns constantly, and then it seems now there's been a humongous momentum shift. Uh, the Bucks pretty much are controlling the series right now. Giannis can't be stopped. Uh, it seems like Budenholzer's figure out as a coach, and the Suns just don't have the fire anymore. And then I also saw that Scott Foster is the official the official for tonight. Chris Paul has lost, lost 12 straight games when Scott Foster has been the official. I, I mean, that's... If there's one guy that like who brings this kind of like bad juju, like jinx, curse, whatever, with him, it's Chris, Chris Paul. And now seeing that stat, it's like I don't even know how you can pick the Suns tonight. So I feel like the Bucks may may get it done. Coming up in just uh, a second here, Eddie Spaghetti. It's Tuesday that where he does his best work is picking MLBers who are going to hit a home run on five dollar um, Tuesday dingers, and uh, he'll tell you that in just a second. The, the Bucks. Laying five, uh, the total on the game is 222. I'm going to go with the Suns plus five here um, at minus 114. I think that the Suns send it back. A lot of pressure, big spot for Giannis and company. Almost has to feel like we must win this game. I know that they now have broken the um, the home team wins thing um, by going over to Phoenix and winning a few nights ago. But I think that this is a spot where they must feel like This is the time for the coronation. We do not want to have to get back on a plane to Arizona. I think uh, Phoenix kind of probably has that. Let's just survive this game and get back home for game seven. I'm going to take the Suns to do it. Like I say, uh, plus five. Bet it. FanDuel.com slash minus three. It's the word minus the number three. And uh, like I say, Spaghetti, or like you said, Chris Paul now has a bunch of bad stats. He is, I think... I saw on Monday, he is on the cusp of being the first guy ever to lose four best of seven series after being ahead 2-0. That counts as heartbreaking stuff if you're a Suns fan, not just for Chris Paul, but if you're a Suns fan. If they blow this one, when it looked for all the world like the Suns were about to uh, to win an NBA title, this would stand as a really, really painful loss. And like I say, we focus on the Northeast, Eddie Spaghetti, Staten Island, Sun. Tell me, in your opinion, in your lifetime, what are the win play show most painful losses for a New York fan? Mine I always have talked about. You know, it's a, the the 2004 January of Odd Five when the Steelers were 15-1 and one with rookie Ben Roethlisberger at the helm. That great defense, the Patriots, dynastic. They were trending dynastic, but they weren't kind of – 
they needed to get one more before you could really buy that. The Steelers could have derailed that and made history by having a rookie quarterback take them to a Super Bowl. That's never happened, still hasn't happened, and it all fell apart on a frigid night in Heinz Field. That's my worst one. Um, David Volick uh, scoring in overtime of Game 7 to uh, keep the Pens from a three-peat. Francisco Cabrera keeping the, the Pirates from a World Series in 92. I think those would be my top three. I, I could go on and on. There have been so many horrible, painful loss and losses. People think, oh, you're having so good. You're from the city of champions. You, you, you've won so many titles. Oh, there have been so many near misses and heartbreaking losses. But anyway, I went on and on there, Spaghetti. How say you? Well, I tweeted about this because you, you brought it up to me, and I thought more in terms of uh, like the, the, the overarching picture, the macro view of the season. So my first one, uh, the the show with the 2019 Yankees, they they won you know over 100 games. They broke the record for most home runs in a season. They had like 10 All-Stars, and then they lose in the ALCS to uh, the Houston Astros, and it marked the first time in a decade the Yankees failed to reach a World Series. That was a big disappointment because you, that was the team. This was the one I was going to – they were one of the best teams in baseball in recent memory, and they go and lose to the Astros, and it started this whole, you know, the Astros and Yankees now have a rivalry almost as good as the Red Sox-Yankees. So that one really uh, was crushing. I have my place as my New York Rangers, the 2014, losing to the Stanley Cup Finals to the Kings. And I say that because, again, the Rangers were on a, a pretty good streak making the Eastern Conference Finals. I believe they were the first team to play the max amount of games in the playoffs and still make the Stanley Cup Finals. But what really stunk about that series is that I believe like they you know they lost in five, but I think three of the games went to overtime, and the Rangers had a lead in pretty much all the games um, that the, that went to overtime. And they lost, which is really crushing because that would have been obviously their first Stanley Cup final victory since the '94 team. And I'll go the win might be a little bit of a, a shock, but the 2008 Giants, the year after the 07, you know, obviously beating the undefeated Patriots season, everyone focuses on that. The next year, the Giants were the best team in football. Eli was having one of his best seasons. They had a bunch uh, Brandon Jacobs and and Ahmad Bradshaw just you know destroying everyone on the ground. Uh, I believe that was also the Derek Ward year as well where Derek Ward was rushing for over 1000. They I mean they were just a great team and uh Plaxico Burris has his incident in the nightclub, shoots himself, and then the and then of course the worst part is they go in the playoffs and they lose to the Eagles, which is never a good feeling, no matter uh, you know what month of the year it is to lose to the Eagles. So that team, I thought they could have went back to back, and then to see that season unfold the way it did, where once Plax was gone, it kind of just made everything else crumble, and um, then to cap it off, having that disgusting team from Philadelphia win was as bad as it gets. You know, it is funny, like you say, because. It, it, they didn't have to win the Super Bowl for it to add to Eli's legacy. But when the season got derailed, when it did, if they just go in as maybe the number one seed and make a little bit of hay, I think that that, um, that, that would be the thing people would point to in a weird way. Because everybody would say, well, Eli won two Super Bowls and he beat the greatest of all time twice. They should be enough. Those are two great deeds. We oh, What about the other seasons he had? I don't know. He won the Super Bowl twice. He went into Lambeau and he vanquished Favre. He, you know, he went to two Super Bowls and, and vanquished Brady. Big spot victories do count in an outsized way, whether curmudgeons want them to or not. But if also you could add a number one seed year and, a, you know, a big spot winner to maybe they lose in the title game of the NFC or otherwise, I still I think you would you you would regard Eli a little bit differently. I wonder if that's the difference. Plexico with the gun in the in the nightclub, like uh, the game Clue, 
is uh, is the culprit of keeping Eli from getting a gold jacket in Canton. Time I mean, will tell. I don't, I don't think that's that's ridiculous, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, the, these years as we get away from Eli's career, yeah, come on. Um, it'll be. So it, it also impacts with the Aaron Rodgers stuff still going now. I can't believe this is still going on. That uh, we don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to play on Tuesday morning. We wake up to the news that Rodgers turned down. Um, you know, an extension to his contract. I continue to say what, you know, I I don't want to beat the dead horse, so I'm not going to go on and on here. I just, everybody who says, what incentive? The Packers should just leave him on the sideline. What incentive do they have to trade him? Is because he will have no value if they're still good without him. A year away from the game, plus if they don't skip a beat with Jordan Love, then really who's going to move heaven and earth to get, to give you something for Aaron Rodgers? I, and the other thing is, is that I know it doesn't help you in 2021, but if you get that Rodgers contract off the books, it presents a brighter future for 2022. And the roster is so good in a pretty soft NFC. Cam Akers going down doesn't swing my opinion. I think the Rams, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to stick with them as my Super Bowl pick here. But the NFC is still relatively soft compared to what the AFC has going there. I really think Jordan Love, I don't think it's loco, to, I'm sight unseen. If Jordan Love is a middle-class QB, that Packers roster is good enough to take them to the Super Bowl. I feel like maybe that's a little crazy, and at, at minimum, it opens things up for 2022. If you reboot with Jordan Love on his rookie deal, imagine the things you could do. I think the funniest thing would be is if the Packers said, okay, Broncos, you can have him, but we want uh, Noah Fant, one, and we want Cortland Sutton, uh, or Jerry Judy, you take your pick, and, uh, and that would, be, in other words, give the Packers exactly what Aaron Rodgers always wanted, which was uh, some more pass catchers for him. But Aaron Rodgers gets shipped off to the Broncos without their uh, their valuable assets at pass catching. Anyway, it's your time to shine. You do it every Tuesday. It's the five dollar Dinger Tuesdays. Fan duels, great promo spaghetti. It's especially great for him because he keeps getting it right. He tells you. Which major league ball player is going to hit a home run? FanDuel is letting you place your first bet risk-free. That's right. New users get up to $1,000 back in site credit if your first bet doesn't win. Only gets better from there. If you play the $5 Dinger Tuesdays, you place a $25 wager on any player to hit a home run and get a $5 bonus in site credit for every home run hit in the game. The max on that is $25. We love the FanDuel Sportsbook. For reasons just like this, fun bets can be made there. The important thing is, if you're listening to my voice right now, is that you do it at FanDuel.com slash minus three, the word minus the number three. And with all that being said, Eddie Spaghetti, who's going yard on this Tuesday? Well, the Yankees are doing some interleague action. They have the the Phillies on the schedule, and Aaron Nola's pitching for the Phillies, a guy that used to play in the National League for quite a large portion of his career, John Carlos Sin, is hitting 308 versus Aaron Nola and 13 at bats. He has two home runs off him. I think he is your pick tonight, so hammer the John Carlos Sin to go yard off of Aaron Nola, and hopefully Yankees get a win as well. I'm going to get in. Don't uh, don't think I forgot what uh, Sal and I talked about on uh, extra points yesterday, Eddie Spaghetti. I don't like the Yankees fan. Not you. It's not it's not I, I, a lot of Yankees fans have already decreed the Yankees dead and gone. So I think that those fans should have to live that truth. I don't know that you should be allowed to watch October baseball involving the pinstripes if they get into the postseason. You understand? You can't be doom and gloom and then celebrate the good times. 
or should you be able to? I, I don't understand that take, especially with the Yankees who are coming into a year with, you know, one of the best pitchers in baseball, a great lineup. You expect big things. You expect at minimum to at least make it to the, the, the second round of the playoffs because that's pretty much what they have been doing the last few seasons. So to be disappointed and frustrated with a team who is severely underperforming, I don't think that means like the minute you criticize them, that means you can't watch them. I don't understand that. Like, you're like, what do you want? You want to watch the Titanic going down? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, no, no, you can criticize. I just think when people uh, decide that it's over with then it's over with, shouldn't it be? I mean, I don't know. It, it, It feels like then again, I don't know. I'm of two minds on it. I don't know. I'm just trying to lay a penalty. Yeah. I want to penalize the, the fans that get to enjoy a team like the Yankees, they can spend their way out of trouble. They're still buyers, apparently, at the deadline. We'll see what happens with, the, with that coming up. By the way, speaking of spenders, I mentioned Melvin Ingram coming to Pittsburgh. I have coveted his addition to the Steelers roster because T.J. Watt, you know, maybe the best pass rusher. He's obviously in the conversation also for Defensive Player of the Year the last couple of years. But – Bud Dupree goes out. Alex Highsmith in his rookie year looked good, looked capable. But the idea that you were going to make it uh, 17 regular season games with those two and just those two as uh, as your OLBs on a defense predicated on that uh, that pass rush from the edge, it seemed um, overly optimistic. I you know I they kicked the tires reportedly on Ryan Kerrigan who decided elsewhere. Justin Houston too. Melvin Ingram. I get the injuries. I also get how dominant he has been on a couple of those Chargers teams. What a difference he made. I was a little surprised, in fact, a couple of years ago when they tripped up. I really thought that uh, they were going to go a little bit deeper in the playoffs, thanks to Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram primarily. I really liked what uh, what they had going in, in the pass rush department. I don't know what's going to be. I don't know what Ingram's uh, the state of his knee is at age 32, how many snaps he can offer every Sunday, but I love that rotation. Now, if you can keep Watt, Highsmith and Ingram all healthy enough to make a go of things. Um, But if he is healthy, if he does have a physical resurgence here, the notion from Pittsburgh is that how dare you impugn uh, Alex Highsmith. The guy's been in the league for four minutes. Melvin Ingram is a pro bowl level player. Injuries are the only question with him. Um, He has a chance to be a real difference maker, especially in the division in which the Ravens also seek pass rush. I think this is a double whammy if you're a Baltimore fan um, and improves what I've already said is, which I think the Steelers are going to finish ahead of the Ravens in the AFC North standings. I, you know, they're, they're, I think today, probably the Ravens probably more incented than ever to now go get Justin Houston. They really need to add to that pass rush or they're not keeping up with the Joneses. Jadavian Clowney now on the other side of Miles Garrett um, and and T.J. Watt and Melvin Ingram. Boy, the, the Ravens do not look good when you hold them up in their own neighborhood with the teams that they're going to be presumably uh, battling it out for to get the AFC North. But let's not talk about that. Let's talk about the AFC East, the NFC East, and all things Tri-State with our pal from You Better You Bet, Nick Costos. Here he is, everybody, from one of our favorite gambling-based shows. Matter of fact, one of our favorite shows, period. Our pal from way back now. It's Nick Costos. How are you, Pally? What's going on? Great to be on with you here. Uh, training camp starting literally as we do this on Tuesday, tomorrow. So, uh, so yeah, our lives are basically over for the next six months, but wouldn't Love have it any other way. 
we have a lot of football to get to. That's the uh, the main uh, thrust behind getting you on here. And by the way, a couple things I just learned. First of all, I was on You Better You Bet on Monday, chopping it up with you a little bit there. And um, that's the first time I heard your name. I, I like that you're a gentleman, but I also lost a little respect for you, too, that you didn't correct me. I've always called you Nick Costas, but it's Nick Costos, right? You, you've got a, a flavor of the uh, of the old country in there. Well, so. you, it does, I don't really care. I mean, look, Costas, Costos, both close enough. All my soccer trophies, big humble brag there growing up. Uh, we're spelled like Bob Costas. Um, so Ooh. when I met Bob Costas, when I was at Fordham and he came to do like a workshop with us at WFUV, um, I said to him, I said, Bob, like you're the reason all my soccer trophies were misspelled. And he kind of looked at me quizzically, like he had pink eye almost at the Olympics. So, uh, so yeah, that was a, that was a fun one, but yeah, listen, Costos, Costas close enough. I always say, as long as people are saying my name and it's close enough, I think that's a good thing. All publicity is good publicity. So I appreciate it either way, my friend. So I think it was I, I I can't remember if it was John Madden or Reggie Jackson, but he said if they're not booing, they don't know who you are. So right, well, that, it's that, the Steve Smith right. line or the updated version, of the Steve Smith line: if you ain't got haters, you ain't popping. So absolutely. Well, what is popping is your hairdo. Sorry for the audio listeners here, but uh, that's something we touched on as well on You Better You Bet. And then just before we got going here this morning, you and Spaghetti cor- corrected me. I, I I requested and I have received. A uh, a really really fancy hairdo from you um, today for the show. I said you looked like the one guy from um, uh, Jersey Shore, the really high bouffant, and I well, was quickly corrected by you and Spaghetti. No, no, that's a blowout. That's not a yes. A that is correct. Yeah, that is that is correct. See, like for people that have never seen my hair, I mean, I will listen. It's it's glorious, man. Like, and oh, I think a, this it's is a like, handsome mane. And I think, you know, if I were like a Pokemon, I think like this is my fully evolved form, like my fully evolved hair form is the way it looks right now at this moment. Now, the blowout is basically is really lazy. You just put like got to be glued in your hair and you just pull it up and then like you blow dry it. Like there's nothing to that. This takes time. This is a solid 15 minute procedure. It's got to be the like the right amount of moisture coming out of the shower, towel dried, followed by mousse applied through the hair evenly, followed by blow drying, followed by dry shampoo and then actual hairspray and shaping it to get it to look exactly the way it does. And I also get my hair cut and my beard shaped once a week because I'm anal retentive with the stuff. But look, I, I look great. So I'm all about the, it. I'm you know, what you are to me is you're of the region from which you hail. That seems very standard kind of prep um, for a guy hailing from the, the tri-state area. As well, you I'm do. Greek, I do Italian, Spanish, Portuguese, right. you know, this is the look, you know. All right. So be it. Listen, I, I, I'm, I'm nothing but envious of what you've got going in the hairdo department circa 2021. You. If I you were know, you, 20 I would years, be too. 20 years ago, I had a thick glorious Maine, you know, I mean, I, I really in hindsight should have run for Senator cause I would have won with that head of hair. All right. Let's talk about a few things and the, the tri-state specifically and Eddie spaghetti along as always to chime in too. I'm fascinated by as the suns are on the cusp now. Um, and then uh, promise we'll get to NFL, but the suns are on the cusp of blowing uh, a two Oh lead here. A Chris Paul special, it will be remembered as, if that's the way it ends up here. And it makes me think those long-suffering people have really embraced this Suns crowd. All the cutaways during the broadcasts have helped us to celebrate what that region sports fans tend to look like. Sunbake, tank top, um, those are, are, are two of the, uh, the, the main qualities that they seem to have going for them there. What for you, 
I, over the weekend, I came up with my three worst Pittsburgh-based losses during my time as a, a sports fan. What would be your most painful losses? This would have to be, I think this would be worse than Charles Barkley because they fell down 2-0 before they rallied and almost caught. And they're facing the Bulls, Bulls, too. They were the underdog right. in that series. They were the favorite in this one. So certainly agree with you back in 90. Yeah, and hobbled Giannis. That's all that stood in the way of you winning a title. And and here we are. We're, th- this may be the way it goes. For a New York sports fan, what are the worst losses? How many do you want me to give you here? Give me three. Win, play, show. Oh, man. Okay. Um, I will give you one from each of my favorite teams because otherwise, right. like, I could I could probably give you 20 off the top of my head that really stand out. So let's go in. Um, in Okay, we'll, we'll do Yankees first. The worst Yankees lost by far it may surprise people to hear this, and this is why I have no sympathy for Arizona sports fans because that roided steroid freak, Luis Gonzalez, in 2001, getting the winning hit off Mariano Rivera in Game 7 of the World Series with that other freak, Kurt Schilling, and then Randy Johnson – beating my Yankees in 2001 after 9-11. Yankees lose games one and two in Arizona, then come back with the storybook three wins at Yankee Stadium, then go back to Arizona and lose. See, a lot of Yankee fans will say 2004 against the Red Sox. That's the worst Yankees loss of like our lifetimes. For me, it's 2001 against the Diamondbacks. That was going for uh, for four World Series in a row, 98, 99, 2000, 2001, coming off 9-11 in New York. And I'm not looking to use 9-11 as a way to pull people's heartstrings. It's just a fact. I'm a New Yorker. That was a couple months after 9-11. That one hurt the most for me. Freaking Luis, that jerk Luis Gonzalez, steroid freak. And uh, those like weird, you, you lost to a team dressed like an ice cream cone. And Bob Brenly, that idiot, too, like with the stupid crap that he says on the broadcast, just really frustrating that. Uh, and I, I guess the Yankees had some steroid freaks of their own, but we can kind of leave that on the cutting room floor. Moving over to basketball, um, I guess it would have to be, you know, game seven against the Rockets when I was 11 years old. It was really, really tough. But I actually think 95 Ewing's finger roll against the Indiana Pacers was worse. Um, I cried after that game for like an extended period of time. I was also at game one of that series with my mom. Um, against Indiana, which is the Reggie Miller, like giving Greg Anthony the stone cold stunner, not getting called for a foul and then scoring 58 points in the final nine seconds of the game. My mom pulled me out like we left with like 13 seconds left to make the train home on the Long Island Railroad. We hear people start booing and like screaming, cursing at the court. I'm like, we need to go back in and see what's happening. We walk back into the tunnel. Miller's at the line shooting free throws to put the Pacers ahead. What the hell just happened? I cried in the entire uh, train ride home, which seems to be a common theme for me. Um and then we move to the Giants. And look, it's 38-14 against the Niners. Um, this was a great day of jubilation for you, man. January 4th, 2003. Because earlier that day, your Pittsburgh Steelers had staged an epic comeback um, punctuated by Chris Fuamatu Malafala's touchdown run to take down Kelly Holcomb, Dennis Northcutt, and the Cleveland Browns. Later that day, my Giants suffered the worst loss of my lifetime. 38-14 against the Niners. Jeremy Shockey dancing for the camera. Michael Strahan pointing to the scoreboard. San Francisco literally like getting every single break imaginable where if one thing doesn't happen, the Giants win the game. Then they get slaughtered the next week by Tampa Bay. doesn't matter. Uh, Giants lose 39-38 to Trey Junkin play. I cried not only that night in the dark for three hours at age 20 at that point, 19, but uh, several times over the course of that week as well. That That's the worst one. Uh, boy, that is a, uh, a powerhouse list you just did off the top of your head. It does show even in New York City, where they have double the opportunity to celebrate and rejoice and feel good about themselves, they suffer too. The city of champions, Pittsburgh, PA, as I've already said, 
lot of tough losses for me during my lifetime. See, it's grounding. See, uh, if you should lose misery, loves company, and good news, Suns fans, you got a lot of it. L.A. Rams fans also probably sad right now. Cam Akers rips the Achilles. That's another question I have. I think the torque of the 21st century athlete, they move so fast, it's almost inhuman that they are so ripped and they're so tuned up that they're more susceptible to these. Because I've speculated about that. Were guys having Tommy John injuries in 1955 and they just were undiagnosed and they pitched through them? Or has uh, the the human body been pushed to a point where these things are are you know hanging on a uh, on a wire and ready to go? Either way, it does bring us to impromptu. I love the Jenga theory in the 21st century in pro football. You're going to have injuries. The trick is to avoid having the one guy, the one piece removed that will cause the whole thing to implode. Let's do it specific to the New York Football Giants, shall we? Who is the one guy obviously removing the quarterback because all quarterbacks uh, being removed will probably undo a season. Who is the guy who the Giants absolutely positively cannot afford to lose if they are to win the NFC East this year? You know, I was going to say if Colt McCoy were still the backup, I would say it's maybe not even Daniel Jones. But with Mike Lennon as the quarterback, it's 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 obviously it's it's Daniel Jones. Um by the way, I look at your rant there about like the like the torque. I'm like, what do I look like to you, Dr. James Andrews? Like John Brankus? Yeah, well, no, I, I don't I, know. I have no, I have no idea. I don't, I don't know how this. Well, why weren't works. guys? I mean, we didn't like guys were like, yeah, hey, that guy's out for the season because he like Achilles injuries are through the roof. We're lousy with Achilles injuries. Who cares? Whatever. Listen, I hope they stay healthy. Who cares? Um, in my opinion, at least. Um, <laughs> who's the one guy the Giants can't afford to lose? Do they have one? I don't know. I kind of think that like besides for Daniel. I'll throw I don't think out, they have one. I'll throw out their best. You could argue Leonard them. Williams, maybe. I don't know. I, I was thinking Len, but I was thinking one guy last year on defense was a little bit better and probably saved the Bradbury games was, was James Bradbury. He's probably the guy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess so. But I mean, I think it just speaks to like, and listen, Eddie's right there. Probably, probably Bradbury. Um, I don't know, man. I will. I know we'll talk about the Giants. I'm cautiously optimistic, but you know, I don't, I'm not that cautiously optimistic this year. I threw out the question. It's bad form to throw out a question that you yourself don't have the answer for. I'm trying to think about my local football collective, the Pittsburgh Steelers. People might say Cam Hayward. I think Devin Bush proved to be a a bad injury, but uh, last year because they just didn't have anybody to replace him there. Oh, we're not including Ben. Got it. Okay. Yeah, not including Roethlisberger. And by the way, they almost made the playoffs with Doug Hodges two years ago. But um, I'm going to go here. People would say Joe Hayden. I think it is probably Joe Hayden or Minka, one of those two guys on the back end. Not TJ? Well, with Melvin Ingram now, they have a fail-safe. Now, Melvin Ingram is injury-prone. Of course, that's that's not uh, breaking news. But if he's right, he can really transform a defense. He did it a couple of times with talented Chargers defenses. He proved to be a difference maker and really elevated them to near dominance. People kind of, I know he's 32 and so expectations should be kept realistic here, but that's a pretty nice piece to to add. And by the way, I've been, I've coveted him since February. So I'm glad to see that uh, Damashek throwing it out there 
into the world. Kevin Colbert reached up like grabbing a star and he took him. Um, little, let's talk creepy. I coveted Melvin. I've been coveting Melvin Ingram since February, but I, I get it. I get it. I'd be excited if my team signed. Him I'm not here to be judged by you. I didn't show up here today to, to take junk from you. Let's do what do you want? What do you what, what do you think, Spaghetti? Jump into it here. Do we go right in to, to win loss totals for the season? NFC East, AFC North. What do we want to do here? AFC East? Yeah, Where should we the, start? Start the East. Start the East. AFC East. AFC East. Yeah, All save, right. Save the, save the fun divisions for last. Okay. Well, I, mean, I think this AFC East is awfully compelling. I don't know if it, you describe it as fun, but. I agree. Uh, I No, actually, I want to take. I think the AFC East actually is a ton of fun this year and one of the most compelling divisions in the league. You know, also, like I said, on You Better You Bet. We're at that place and have been for five months where it's hard for me. Maybe I'm Pollyanna. There are very few teams I would say, oh, that team's going to be junk this year. I can make a case like I can see the Jets, you know, being pretty good and taking a play, making a playoff run. I don't know that they're ultimately going to get it in a loaded AFC, but they could be interesting too. the X factor of the whole AFC in my book is the New England Patriots this year. They could definitely return to double digit wins as far as I'm concerned. The Bills are the prohibitive favorite to take the division, but people are sleeping on Tua and Brian Flores, in my opinion. But in your opinion, let's start at the top. The Buffalo Bills, Nick Costas, or actually Eddie Spaghetti, give us the FanDuel speculated season win total, and we'll go from there. So right now on FanDuel, you can find the Bills at 11 wins. 11 wins. Keep in mind, it seems like a lot of people are forgetting about the fact that we now have an extra game. 17 games this season. 11 wins. That feels still lofty. How say you? Yeah, uh, I would never bet the under. I don't know that I would bet the over on it. Um, I I like the division a lot. I I don't know if I can make the case for the Jets. I guess, with, you know, seven wildcard teams, things break, right? I guess it's five, seven playoff teams uh, per conference. I guess it could potentially happen, but... I, they're certainly going to be a lot better than they were last year. Hard to be worse with that idiot head coach. So they're definitely going to be better. Um, I think Miami and New England both have a chance to be to be pretty good. Um, so I don't know that it's like a pound the table for the Buffalo over, but I would never bet the under on the Bills. If I had to bet it, I would only go over. I've listened that I have de- declared them two years now running America's team, the true America's team. What team would we collectively want to see? What fan base would we like to see finally get to celebrate more than the the long suffering Bills fans who show up to tailgate 24 to 48 hours before Maybe the game the even starts? Maybe I feel like no. people would be really into the Browns. I'm not saying I would be or you would be, but I think people would be into the Browns. I think if the Lions managed to get good at some point in the next you know, millennium, maybe people would be into the Lions as well. Good for you for shouting out the Lions. They get left off the list of long-suffering fan bases uh, too often. But no, Baker Minnesota, Mayfield. Minnesota. Well, we're on the ba- teams that never won a championship. People don't want to root for Bake, though. That's the issue with uh, with the Browns. Nobody wants to embrace Baker Mayfield. All right, so you're saying uh, probably over. I'm going to go under because first place schedule, of course, and like we keep saying. The rest of the East is fleshed out considerably from where it was a year ago. The Jets shouldn't be abject junk. Joe Douglas is building something nice there. The, um, uh, you know, um, addition by subtraction, no gaze. That's got to be an upgrade there. I think they're doing something nice there. Fascinating what's going to be in New England. I can make a case that, well, we'll get to them. And the team I really like 
is the Miami Dolphins this year. We have gotten awfully cynical about Tua. We've closed the book on this guy just because I think we've become accustomed to guys hitting the ground running. I think we we see any number of quarterbacks, Justin Herbert, um, as, a, as a great example of a guy who just makes a splash immediately. That doesn't mean that in year two, coming back from that hip injury, that Tua isn't going to be really good. And if he's middle class, in fact, I think that uh, the rest of the roster is good enough that they can take a run at the Bills. What's the win total there, Spaghetti? The Dolphins right now sit at nine and a half. I'm going over. How say you? Um, I would rather, if I had to, I would play over, but I'd rather, if I'm going to bet on Miami, bet like something like a lead longer odds, like Miami to win the AFC East, Miami to win the AFC even, or to a Tonga Bailoa um, NFL MVP. And I think it, um, at my show's what? I don't know what he's at at, at, um, at FanDuel. At Bet Rivers, I think he's about 66 to 1. Um, and, I, and I really like that price, and I like that number for Tua. And just on the subject of the Dolphins, I know reports have come out earlier this week that you know maybe they'd still consider trading for Deshaun Watson. Great if that's the case. That means Miami's going to be even better than like they probably would be with Tua, which helps the Dolphins' argument here. But I think the Dolphins' upside is, is pretty wide here. Um, and you know what's come out? You know, Chan Gailey was the offensive coordinator last year, tailored the offense around his buddy, Brian Fitzpatrick, like wasn't really interested in having Tua as the quarterback. That certainly wasn't his call. That's, you know, Chris Greer and Brian Flores' call to have Tua be the quarterback last year. Tua coming off the hip injury, Tua without a ton of weapons. Look, I mean, we're going to find out real quick whether Tua is the real deal or not. He's supposedly healthier now. He's now got Godsey and Studisville, the co-offensive coordinators, tailoring the offense around him. Will Fuller, love him. If he stays healthy, he's going to be an absolute stud. No reason to believe he won't. Um, absolutely love Jalen Waddle, and I actually like him as a long shot play for offensive rookie of the year as well. This guy's going to be an absolute stud. I think he's going to be better than Devontae Smith. I don't even think that's a hot take. Uh, I love Jalen Waddle this year. I think he's going to step in day one and be an absolute impact player. Jasicki and Tua obviously have that rapport. By the way, they still have Devontae Parker, still have Preston Williams. So I think this is all set up for Tua to have a potentially monster year. Now, the odds are what they are for a reason. He's not 20 to 1 like the guy that picked, got picked after him in the draft, Justin Herbert. 66 to 1. But at that number, given the upside that the Dolphins have, I'm not saying they're going to get there, but the upside, the ceiling is high. And if the Dolphins get there, two as MVP, Dolphins to win the AFC, I don't think these are crazy bets. Well, right. If you're tracking in, if your mind runs free like uh, Costos is, is able to here, apparently 66 to one for two. And that's a he, little he's, uh Two is uh, he's 60 to one right now. Right now he's tied with Cam Newton, Derek Carr and Joe, Joe Burrow James, and James Winston. Wow. They're, that five group right there is a plus 6,000 right now to win MVP. Man, that's a, that, it's a bold take, but I love it. And also, I you know, it's kind of like, though, the Deshaun Watson rumors still at this point in the calendar, in the football calendar, just looking at 2021, not anything beyond that. It is a little bit like Pete Carroll high-hatting Matt Leinert when he was out there to be had. You always think like, well, if anybody's going to embrace this guy, it's going to be Pete Carroll. And when he didn't sign him, that was the red flag of all red flags in my book. Same thing here. If internally the Dolphins, you know, tank for two and all that, if they are still at this point like, man, eh, maybe Deshaun Watson is the way we should go, that might be a, not a red flag, but like an orange one or a turquoise really? one. Really? I don't know. That doesn't sound great to me. Why would the baggage that. that Watson has? I don't agree with that. I mean, look, if like if the Giants wanted to get Deshaun, who cares about five? Look, who's better? Like Watson's better, right, than Tua. That's and that doesn't mean Tua can't be good. Watson's better. You got the opportunity to trade for Deshaun Watson and he's cleared or whatever is going to happen with all this, 
You used the word thrust earlier. Maybe we'll leave that alone here with Deshaun Watson. But yeah, I mean, listen, if, if, if Watson's available and he's, he's going to play the full season or close to it, why wouldn't you go trade for him? Why wouldn't you do that? Well, you should. Yeah. Well, uh, you kind of touched on it. The the thrust of some news stories uh, over the calendar year 2021 might dissuade you from making. Yeah, that if he's going to get cleared, though, I'm saying like, look, the NFL has shown us a billion times that uh, winning is that. everything. So I agree with that. I, I, yeah, right. I just right now it, it feels a little bit like that you would be dabbling in the Deshaun Watson biz when you've got two is is interesting. At least it uh, it definitely piques my uh, my curiosity or my cynicism. All right. Uh, the New England Patriot. Let's let's get to him here. I don't know what to make of this spaghetti win total. They are right behind Dolphins. They sit at nine wins total. How say you Costos? I think the uh, I think the Dolphins have a higher floor. Than the, excuse me, the Dolphins have a higher ceiling than the Patriots. I think the Patriots have a higher floor. I'd actually probably be more apt to take the Patriots over win total than I would the Dolphins, but I would be more apt to take like Dolphins to win the AFC, Dolphins to win the Super Bowl, quarterback to win MVP on the Dolphins than I would on the Patriots. And I think something we need to remember, and I think I've done this rant before, you better, you bet countless times. I think I did it on this show also. All the people that are discounting and counting out Bill Belichick because of what happened last year, because of what Brady did in Tampa, like you're dumb. You're ungrateful. You wouldn't know greatness if it smacked you in the face. You don't deserve to watch Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time. And people don't remember because they're idiots that before he was the greatest head coach of all time, he was the greatest defensive coordinator of all time. And people will forget that last year with an absolutely atrocious roster. And Bill said it himself, like, it's the price of doing business, man. You can't win 14 games every year. Like, they had to pay the piper last year. It's a salary cap was concerned. They trotted out an absolutely terrible roster. Cam dealing with, you know, COVID, COVID brain, COVID fog, shoulder injury wide receiving situation absolutely dreadful they still won seven games with that horse bleep roster seven games rosters a lot better this year and i like the patriots zigging while others zag while others are saving money in the COVID offseason the patriots went and spent money they spotted a market inefficiency they went out and spent we love the tight ends john U. smith hunter henry matt judon some of the other players they brought along the COVID players that opted out are coming back I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl. I'm not saying that. Well, we don't know. I like right. them. This we don't know what we don't know what the year off is going to do to those guys. Because for the majority of our lives, we've been told you can't take a year off of football and come back and and be as good. Now, now there's recent push and some evidence that like yeah, maybe it refreshes the body. We'll 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 wait and see about that. I thought you were going to say with the zig versus zag in a league of Mahomes and Herbert and otherwise that they are clearly are devoting themselves to a 1970s style offense here and just going to try to grind you out. The trick is that you do need a complementary defense to make that work. You cannot just be a defense that's three and out and gives the ball right back to a ball control kind of thing. And I also, we don't know with Mac Jones when or if he is ever going to take over this year from Cam Newton. I continue. I think I have given Cam as much rope as anybody who talks about football for a living has. I think he still has a shot at the Hall of Fame with a nice 2021. Um, I think he has a chance to be relevant. I think the way that offense is structured, I think the big mistake was Nelson Aguilar. There's no way Belichick or otherwise could talk me into doing that if he knew the way the rest of the offseason was going to break. So he overspent to get him. I do like those nice tight ends for Cam. It's built uh, for that to succeed. Next, let's – oh, but I didn't give mine. 
I'm going to go over, but this is a huge legacy year for Belichick. If he falls on his face again, he will be rendered mortal for all of time and will have won because he had the best quarterback of all time and because he cheated in a couple of big spots in January. And those two things will become more and more true and accepted as a cold, hard fact. Next, Eddie Spaghetti, the New York Jets. How say you? The Jets are now in the last of the AFC's teams with six wins total. See, this is what I'm talking about. All of these feel low to me. That's what I. This is where I sit. That I'm. I, I guess I my my glass is half full where football is concerned, where pro football teams are concerned. Nick, how say you? Six win total for these Jets. I would only bet the under. I think, and that's going to sound really? like I'm like. Well, it's going to sound like it's like a negative take on the Jets. I think. I think it's realistic that they go 0-6 against the division this year. Maybe they catch one if they play the Patriots with Mac Jones as the starter, but I I think it's realistic that they're going to go 0-6. They're going to lose every game in their division. The other three teams are all clearly better, and I like what the Jets are doing. You mentioned Joe Douglas earlier, like building this roster up. I totally agree with you. I think by next year, certainly in two years, this could be a team ready to contend for for a championship potentially here. But year one with Zach Wilson, um, a lot of these weapons are new, obviously. Corey Davis in a new offense, Elijah Moore in a new offense here. I love the left side of the line. I really like what they're doing here. I just think this year, I, I don't see it here for the Jets, especially in this division. You drop them in like the AFC South, for instance. Maybe we're having a different conversation. But in the AFC East, you know, I think six is six is actually like a pretty likely outcome, I think, for them. Uh, so I, I would hear- go under if I did anything. Well, it's like we talked about on uh, your show yesterday. I just think the AFC is so loaded that if you, uh, you know, somebody – has to go under here. Everybody cannot win, cannot go nine and eight or better. Somebody's got to get the short end of the stick. I just, I do like what uh, the pieces that Joe Douglas has added since, uh, since he got in there. But uh, yeah, somebody's got to finish in last place there, by the way. And then we'll get to the NFC East, but I think Eddie Spaghetti, and uh, although he's now pushed back that he's like, I never said it's doom and gloom for the Yankees, but I feel like, the people who have declared that the Yankees are finished and this is bad. I, don't, I think there should be a penalty for saying that if you're a fan. Like, you shouldn't be allowed to watch the wild card round of the MLB playoffs. If you if you express that this is over, then you don't get to enjoy the spoils. I'll say you. Wow, I think that's a strong take that you're offering right now from your favorite place, Mount Pius, to kind of issue a mm-hmm. declaration like that, Dave. That's a pretty pious take. So you're down. So so you don't think that there should be a price to be paid for your cynicism because it doesn't exist in a vacuum in the 21st century. People are narcissistic now because they know that their words have a chance of reaching decision makers, players, and otherwise. And I'm not talking about throwing a ball in a stadium. I'm talking about tweets and Instagram and otherwise. Yeah, yeah. You, you can think penetrate you got the, the you, bubble. You think, yeah, you think the Steelers signed Melvin Ingram because of your tweets. So you you're you're a you're a delusional man. I well yeah yeah. Well, well, listen, facts are facts. Is Melvin Ingram on the team after Damashek has uh, uh, created a campaign around signing Melvin Ingram? Great. So am I the reason the the Giants signed Kenny Galladay? I mean, what are you talking about, man? You're nuts, dude. Also, like, I love, like, takes like this. Like, oh, you're not allowed to watch the wild card. How about this, buddy? Yankees make the playoffs. I'm watching the wild card round. How about that? And I don't care. And that's that. And listen, and, and the team's super annoying. Like, and by the way, they're probably not going to make the wild card round because the manager's an absolute dope. He's got oatmeal for brains. The general manager's past his expiration date. They both need to go. The team sucks. They've got absolutely no heart. 
Well, maybe they pull it together. That would be great if they did. I think it's in the best interest of the New York Yankees. Instead of suffering another crushing playoff loss this year with that idiot Aroldis Chapman walking off the mound to smile on his face after serving up a walk-off or a ninth-inning home run, what's in the best interest of the team is embarrassment, is failure, is to go up there and be humiliated on a night-in, night-out basis, to get everyone fired and force you know another trust fund baby clown who was bored on third base and thinks he hit a triple, Hal Steinbrenner, to actually do something. Because this iteration of the New York Yankees is more interested with the luxury tax than they are in winning a World Series championship. Somewhere, George Steinbrenner rolling over in his grave, watching what's become of this once proud franchise. But I just want to be clear, you're rooting for the Yanks. Now, not now I'm not, no. No, right now I rooted, I rooted for the Red Sox this weekend. I don't care if you if you accept the penalty. I'm giving it to you anyway. You're hereby banned from watching the Yankees in the wild card round at least. And if you keep it up and they win the wild card round, now we're talking about the pennant series is uh, in question for you. And you alone. Well, well I can't, I can't wait to pick up. I can't wait to pick up my remote control in October and go to change the channel. And the Dave Damashek Forts Field Invisible prevents me from doing so from watching the Yankees. And I, I, have I not proven my powers with Melvin Ingram? You want to play games with me? Let's dance, friend. Now well, I got to tell you, man. I think the Steelers would have beaten the Packers in that Super Bowl if you really were right about this and had your way with things. I did everything I could. I took on game day. I took the terrible towel that I had with me in Dallas and I dropped it right on the Packers logo in the end zone. It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. Richard Mendenhall should have done that. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's get let's do it real quick here. NFC East, New York Giants. Spaghetti win total. The Giants sit at 7 total. 7. See again, that feels a little low to me. Costos, how say you? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'd take the over because I'm an optimistic fan. But I, I look, I'm so I optimistic. I hope they're good for you because you're not going to have any Yankees filling up your schedule in well, October. I, so I hope well, they're I'll good. Say this. I'm, I feel good about the Giants, whether they're good this year or not, because I like Judge right now. I love Patrick Graham. Um, if Jones sucks this year and the team sucks, then Gettleman's out, which is a positive. And they have two first round picks next year. There's and the bears, the ammunition to go get a new franchise quarterback who would step into a roster that's absolutely ready to win next year. So I feel good either way. Um, I guess I would take the over here. The problem is, is I think Daniel Jones sucks. So I, I can't feel that great about it. Unfortunately. Ooh, Eddie Spaghetti's not going to like the sound of that. Maybe Aaron Rodgers will be your quarterback in 2022. Um, yeah, obviously. Maybe, maybe I'll year. be dating Jennifer Lopez also. Maybe that'll happen as well. Listen, that's not a crazy thing to say. That Dave, Dave, Dave gentleman who just learned how to trade down in the draft is going to trade for Aaron Rodgers. You fans. just like, said oh. if Daniel Jones isn't good, it's going to be Gettleman's head. So it's not going to be Gettleman making the decision anyway. So what are you worried about? It could Dave be Gettleman Russell can Wilson barely too. turn his computer on. You think he's trading for Aaron Rodgers? Get out of here. I mean, I, I I I don't even know what to make of this. See, this is what I talk about when I say New York, and you're almost as bad as Philly fans and Philly media. You guys right. are okay. not helping. You're not helping. Ultimately, you're like, oh, we're such a tough, uh, uh, tough, hard boiled uh, town to, to be a ball player. Philadelphia is very proud of how tough they are on their players and, I don't, yeah, and I don't their teams, and then they scare people out of town. Why is that good? What, what, what's the what's yeah, the man, about New that? Yorkers? Can we curse on the show or no? Sure, you can. Yeah, New Yorkers are assholes, man. I'm an asshole. So what? Who cares? Great. I'm. A, it is what it is. So what? 
Then you then you convince everybody like a hostage. You're like, yeah, but but guess what? If you Danny Joe, Danny Dunn, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. It's gonna be extra sweet for you. Like I literally said he's not to deal with how about I not have to deal with the bullshit on the way? How about that? How about the fans just root for me? How about that? How about how about not? Okay. All right, we'll see where it gets you. All right, Philadelphia Eagles. What's the the win total spaghetti? The Philadelphia Eagles sit at six and a half. I got a hot take. This is one I can go under on. This is one that I can. I finally found the team I'm going down on. I got a hot take for you. I got a hot take for you. Don't you dare say they're going to win the division, but go ahead. Well, I don't know if I'm going to. I don't know if I'm going to go that far. I think when it's all said and done, Nick Sirianni, Jonathan Gannon, the head coach and the defensive coordinator. I think this is going to go down as a really good coaching staff in the National Football League. Now, I don't know if I don't know if. I think Jalen Hurts can get them over the finish line this year. I think that still remains to be seen. But look like there's some talent on this roster. The offensive line stays healthy. There's no reason why at the at the very least this team can't score a lot of points. Here's an early bet for you. And look, obviously don't want to put these bets in until like we know who like who's going to be playing yeah. in week number one. That total, um, which is 48 right now, Eagles Falcons week one. It that's that's going to close 51 if 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 everyone stays healthy before week one hits. Um, I would actually. I love, with, nothing I like better than week one bets in uh, still I, can in I really do. I really do think it's yeah. fun. Um, the uh, I think the Eagles are actually going to go over. I think they're right, quickly Washington spaghetti. Wash, the football team right now sits at eight and a half. I think Washington wins can easily win nine games. Okay, going over there. I guess I got to go over, but I do not like the premise of Ryan Fitzpatrick being handed the keys for a full season. I know they can replace him, but as it stands now, this is not as, uh, as fun you might be as right. everybody, everybody just is overly excited about this. And he's you might a be year right. older now too. Lastly, the uh, alleged America's team, Dallas Cowboys spaghetti. Yep. The, what they have as the leader of the NFC East, the Cowboys right now at nine and a half wins. What am I, I missing? told you yesterday, Nick, I told you yesterday I'm going barely over that. I don't know. You can talk me out of it, though, and, and, and make it an under. How say you? What am I missing here? Like, it, is Dan Quinn Bill Parcells? Like, is he just going to like I, I get like hard to be worse than Mike Nolan. I don't know that Dan Quinn steps in and like this defense transforms. Um, I know they've got like three great off ball linebackers. That would be awesome if this were like 1988, but it's 2021. So great. Like they got outfoxed by the, by, by teams in the draft, right? Losing out on the two corners in the top 10. Um, I, I think Micah Parsons is a good player. I don't like the fit, you know, with when you've already spent tons of early picks on off ball linebackers, I, I don't like this defense. Maybe they're going to be able to beat teams 41, 38 every week. The offense is certainly going to be a lot of fun. Um, I've got questions about this defense, big time questions. And uh, I did not think Mike McCarthy acquitted himself well last year as a head coach of the team. I know that mo- most of the season spent with the back of quarterback or the third string quarterback. Um, and hopefully the name Ben DiNucci will never be uttered again, um, except in conversations like this, not on actual game days. Um, I would, I don't know if I'd bet the under, I think like nine and eight, it's like a likely scenario for them. I would not be super bullish though on the over for Dallas. My hair is not blown out, but my brain might be. And I believe what uh, Costos says. I, I believe that Costos believes what he says. And if you're just doing it to hot take it, you're good at your gig because uh, I, I believe that you believe everything you just said, whether or not I agree. Here, here's it. what people need to know. I don't care. Like, I'm wrong all the time. It's totally fine. That's it's part of the biz. It's all good. Of course, I like what's the point of coming on and lying, man? 
It's not that serious sports. You, you and me, see, we park our cars in the same garage. That's why I enjoy you so much. The great Nick Costos, everybody, make sure you're whoa, checking whoa, them out. Whoa, hold every on day. here, hold what? on here. Before we do the grand finale, are we not what? doing like any trivia here? Is that like, because I thought we were going to do a little I'd love to trivia do trivia, but, but you said you had to go, so I don't want to yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, All I'll, right. give you a couple, I'll give you a couple of minutes here because here's what's happening. And it. I'm sorry Ready to commandeer your own I'm sorry to it's comment here your own show here, but here's Trivia happened. Supreme, it's time for Use Your Noodle. So get together and canoodle. We got the whole kit and caboodle. Noodle. And why the questions, they may be futile. It's time for you to use your noodle. That's First. so bad. It's so bad. It's actually good. It's actually great. We haven't heard that song in quite some time, but the, I found a good one. I was told to cater this towards NFL and more, more modern day NFL. And, because uh, I'm a no, gentleman. I could smoke you in some... 70s. If it were well, 70s and it weren't NFL, I would whip you. I thought I'm going to be classy here uh, and I want to make our guests feel welcome here. So I said tailor it a little bit to Nick. I think That's this bullshit. is a good this is a good middle ground. This is, the the question is it's just a, basically a bunch of uh, categories, but it's the, name the top ten quarterbacks that are the leaders of these categories between the years two thousand and two thousand nine. So between the two thousand two thousand nine season, I hate questions like this. We can do uh, Jesus Christ, what is this question? Well, the first one just give me give me. All right, we'll start with the passing yards. Who are the passing yard leaders? The top ten passing yard leaders for that decade. Of, of NFL football. Oh, so Same. 10 years worth. So you're not saying individual season totals. You're saying. Right. It's the top 10 accumulated of accumulated yards yes. passing. Okay. I, I got to be honest. I hate this question. Well, well, well that's what it is. So it, I, let, we'll do it. It's top 10, Pat. Why do you hate this question? This is stupid. Why is it stupid? Explain It's like, because it's I, when I think trivia, I'm thinking like big games, who won the game? Who lost the game? Who are the great performers? Playoffs, big moments. Like I, thought, I can you name, know what I really I'll name every Super Bowl champion and loser in chronological order and the game MVP. Like well, I, I'll I could do, that. do that, and I could give you the score to it as well. Same, same in my sleep. So we can try to answer this question. I think it's dumb though. But okay, we'll Super Super Bowl one. Go uh, ahead, there. Packers Chiefs Bart Star Super Bowl two Packers Raiders Bart Star. What do Super I, Bowl can three. you do the score? Probably, maybe not the score for like for all of them, but winner, loser, MVP. 100%. Give me the first couple. Give me the first couple. All right. So Packers, Chiefs, star, Packers, Raiders, star, uh, Colts, Jets. No, no, it. no. Score, 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 score. Um, uh, I don't know. 35, 24 was maybe one of them. I don't know. 35, Scores, 10, maybe not. 33, 35, 14. 10. Okay. 16, 7. Chiefs, Vikings, 23, 7. Len Dawson. Colts, Cowboys, 16, 13. Um, Chuck Howley. From the losing team, right. uh, 14 7, Jake Scott, 24 3. That's that one. You talk about a straight trivia question. That's one of the very best. There's a Miami Dolphins player who wore number 13, who was a Super Bowl MVP. Who was it? Is a great well, question. Well, it's not Jake Marino because he never won it. one. Yeah. Okay. I know, so we can try a, to answer any question. Okay. All right. Here we go. Now you're all warmed up. And the way we right. play Use Your Noodle is, of course, you name one, I name one. We go until somebody runs out of gas. Oh, okay. okay. I like this. Actually. Now I like it. Well, now you okay. like it. What are you talking about? Go ahead. All right. Peyton. I can't believe he bought himself spaghetti. He thinks that we're stupid and don't know that what, what, what his game was here. 
um, that he just bought himself a bunch of time. And I, I, I trust you're a gentleman enough. We'd see the reflection. That's your exactly glasses, right. I'm looking at your you. Your glasses yes. would give you away because I would see what you're looking up, that you're looking That's up. That's right. Uh, and I am writing it. down here, but I have nothing written here. It's just I literally just wrote Peyton in my notebook. Okay, here we go. I am going to say. And Peyton's right, by the way. So number one. Peyton's number one. Well, of course he is. Um, well, I may as well just go with Tom Brady. Let's get uh, let's get the easy ones out of the way here. Tom Brady is number four, correct? Okay. I don't like that he's four. That makes me uh, skeptical of where I'm going from here on out now. <clears throat> yeah, I feel like I'm actually, I may bow out of this one early based on some of the names that are in my head right now. Um, I really want to say McNabb because I feel like he's probably there, but I... I don't know how many years did Breeze actually start. McNabb like, has like- got to be one of the correct ones, and 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 you're floating names out, and you're thinking that Eddie Spaghetti as your host slash judge is going to give you a pass because you floated a name out. Just right. saying names Favre. and seeing if he says one is okay. Say I, I this is all right. Let's see where Favre goes. I think Favre has to be. Well, you know he's, what? Yeah, no, he's he, may, on yeah, he played he every year. Yeah, that's Favre, right. That's right. Favre is number two. Two. All right. Color me surprised. Um, oh, uh, Kurt Warner. Definitely. 100%. Kurt Warner is number six. Correct. I kind of want to say Trent Green because I know he had played all those years with Kansas City. I dare I will, you. I will, I, will, I, will, I will. You know, I'm not going to. I'm going to stay away from Trent Green. Um, instead, we will go with. Uh, I don't think McNair started enough, so we'll go away from him. I will say. Uh, yeah, I'll say uh, I'll say Donovan. I'll say McNabb. McNabb is number three. The problem with the odd four classes is that they don't start till odd four, and yet, so McNabb's a great answer there. And I'm trying to think of when he did put up some huge numbers. Oh, I've got I've got one. I think. I think I have a an answer. Feel pretty no, that wouldn't be good. Well, I have one that I, I feel very strongly about. Yeah, I'll go Drew Brees. Drew Brees is number five. Ooh. I would, and the only question was when Brees started as a starting quarterback, obviously. Right. And then he got usurped by Rivers. Um, okay. I want to go a little off off the beaten path here with this one. And I am acknowledging that I could end up being incorrect with this answer, but I am going to go a little bit off the beaten path here. And I am going to give you the little arm motion first. Give me Dante Dante Culpepper. Dante Culpepper is number 10. Correct. Wow. Very well done. Very well done. All right. I'd like to take back everything negative. I said about this, by the way, this is great. Flacco wasn't around long enough to do it. Just running through my my divisionals, my divisions here. Trying to guy played for and won, in fact, in two AFC East towns. I was actually thinking about going with him as well. I don't think he's got it. I don't think he's got bearing hips and all. Chad Pennington is my answer. Chad Pennington is not in the top 10. So, ah, so Nick, was, Nick you, have to just give me, you have to just give me one correct no, answer. Nick already won. Oh, he won? He, okay. he started. He started well, us I can, I can try again just for the just for the exclamation point here. Um, but I'm going to talk my way through it here. 
All right. So there's no one on the Giants because Eli started a little too late. Carry wouldn't wouldn't be in the top list. Dallas, I don't think would get anyone. Oh, I just Carry Collins is on that list. hundred. I don't think he, I don't think he, he is. is. He, he's 100 percent on that list. Right. Spaghetti. Kerry Collins is on the list. He's, he's, he's yeah, really? water. Yeah, he's got wow. he is. He is a guy. If, uh, he is the personification of why people. Well, he had that year off. in Tennessee. Yeah, you're right. right. Yes, that's a bad job. He was, the third be, he was on John. the third best team in the NFL. And in fact, you could make a case was right there with the Ravens and Steelers and the AFC. They went 13 and three. How bad is that, by the way? And the Titans also. Um, well, I was actually going to say they beat the Jaguars that year. The Jaguars are probably the second best team. When the Jaguars lost three games that season, all to Tennessee. You know who else? Oh, go ahead. Talk, talk it out there. I have one more that I'm that I. Feel oh, we still do it. Um, okay, go so it's going going by teams here. On that list. Although he sat out a year with the knee. He sat right? out he, a year after the knee and didn't start until 2003. Um, right. Nick, you did bring up a name before that was on the list. That I and I actually said this person's name out loud. Yep. Yep. He was number nine. Um, can I, can I, can I give you a different name? Cause I don't even remember sure. who it was. That yeah, I mentioned yeah. here. Oh, Trent green is probably number nine, right? Trent green is number nine. What about Trent green what, is on that list. You know, but, dude, Trent green has monster years for Kansas and, city and Hasselbeck is the last guy that you're. Ah, I almost went with him instead of Pennington. Dang it. Okay. I, the other one that I was going to say was Jeff Garcia. So what's funny about the passing yards versus passing touchdowns list is they're the exact same list, except the passing TDs, Jeff Garcia is on it, and he swapped out with uh, Kerry Collins. So they're the exact same list. I love You know Kerry. what? I, I from, from start to finish, I got to say, listen, like Orbach says at the end of Dirty Dancing, when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. I guess I wasn't wrong here, but I have to tip my hat to Costas. He defeated me today in conversation and trivia and otherwise a star turn. If there ever was one Nick Costos with his bouffant, not blown out hairdo, make sure you check him out. You can hear now why you better, you bet before, before you go last thing, Bucks sons, who you taking to win the series? Bucks. Give me the under though tonight in game six. All right. Best big match. spot, big spot on the home floor. Feel like can it's got to happen tonight. You don't want it to go back. That's a lot of pressure on the. Wait, I ought to do a, a little promotion here because coming up at some point here before the start of the NFL season, Dave Damashek rejoins. You better, you bet. And we will do another trivia contest, Costos v. Damashek, NFL, and we will extend it through the entire Super Bowl era. So a big time trivia contest, Costos v. Damashek, and also. That trivia game was actually great. And I feel like an idiot for saying I didn't like the question because the way you guys did it was brilliant. And I was the only the only caveat. The only thing I request is there's a big difference and people get this sideways all the time. There's a difference between trivia and trivial. So please, let's focus on the former. And two, I encourage you for your own sake. Don't focus it on Super Bowls. That's Damashek's wheelhouse. If there's one area where I feel that I would be difficult to defeat is on Super Bowl lore. And you definitely don't want the first 25. You don't you don't want to tangle with me on the first 25 Super Bowls. Can I uh, can I hit you with the trip? And then I'll promise this will be it. Can I hit you with a trivial question? You I think could, be but I also answer. you know what I thought based on where we started with use your noodle. I thought spaghetti was going to go with to pay homage and to give you the inside track. I thought he was going to go with the giants derailing the undefeated season of the Patriots starting rosters. I thought that's what he was going to go with. Oh, that was the starting, the starting 11s. Yeah. Um, what was, go ahead. 
Um, what do you want me to give you the Giants starting no. eleven? Or I mean, um, if you want to play that I one, a, we can. Well, I mean, no, that's easy. I'll give you a trivial question. You can name all eleven. Go ahead, give me the trivial. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Give, give me trivial, trivial. Trivial question. The Pittsburgh Steelers lost an AFC Championship game in the 1990s to the San Diego Chargers in 1994. Stan Humphreys and the Chargers. I was in in Three Rivers for that sad sad affair. Anthony Miller and Stan Humphreys. The following year, the Pittsburgh Steelers defeated Jim Harbaugh and the Indianapolis Colts to advance to Super Bowl 30, where they would lose to the Dallas Cowboys. On the final play of the game, the Indianapolis Colts almost pulled it out of their derriere on a Jim Harbaugh Hail Mary pass that went through the arms of what Indianapolis Colts wide receiver? First of all, it was Tony Martin who caught, caught the game-winning touchdown pass um, oh, in, uh, over Tim McHire. Tim McHire wept on the field, uh, just sat on the field and wept after the game because he knew what he had done. Um, that, was, that, was a, that was a terrible day. Although I've long said <laughs> that the Steelers were spared humiliation at the hands of Steve Young and that Niners team. They would have gotten house, and that would have been a worse look. I'd rather have lost as bad and embarrassing as it was to lose to Stan Humphreys if they had gotten to that Super Bowl and lost anything. They would have kept it closer, though, than the Chargers did. That was For sure. I don't think we talk enough about – that is in the top three worst Super Bowls, as much as it was a display of Ricky well, Waters. Yeah, I don't know if that's true because that's like that's like Steve Young's like coming out party, like the monkey off the back. That's like it's just an absolute coming out party. It was like it was like, yeah, you better you no. What it was was I mean, it was so gargantuan a victory that it was like, all right, you got his six touchdown passes. You was fifty five ten boring in Super Bowl twenty four? What do you mean the the you mean Super Bowl twenty? Um, no, 24, the, Niners Broncos, 55-10. Yeah, that was boring too. Yeah, that was a terrible Super Bowl as well. What about but the trivial least, answer? Do you have the answer at to least you didn't know. At least you didn't know. His name was uh, Aaron. Um, God damn it. I can picture him. Aaron guy. is correct. The first name is I correct. I know it was. I know it's, I know it's correct. His, he was number... I think Circus. 80, 81, 82, 83, 84, 85, 86, 87, 88, 89. I'm just trying to think of his number that might help me. I can picture the guy. Think Circus? Uh, Aaron Bailey. Thank you for your clue. Your your clue made it. That was a cheat. It was Aaron Bailey, though. It was Aaron Bailey. You're welcome. All right, now do it real fast. You opened this can of worms. Go ahead. Let's see how many of the New York football giants you. Can I gotta, make. I gotta, I gotta get on the Peloton. I gotta work out and and I did my my hair especially for you guys. I gotta take a shower and I gotta do it again. It's gonna take a lot of time. Uh, I gotta- he knows he can't name the offensive line. He thinks oh, David for the Deal Giants. And after okay, that, I'll do I don't it. know if I can I'll do, do it. it. All said. right, so all right, so Deal, Cybert, O'Hara, McKenzie. Ah, fuck, who's the other? Ah, I on. know who it is too. Eli, I know exactly who it is. Jacobs. Bradshaw, Smith, Burris, Toomer. Um, it wasn't Shockey. Who was the tight end who had the big catch? Kevin Boss, the big boss, Kevin Boss was the tight end. Who was the other guard? Um, uh, oh, uh, uh, oh uh, his son-in-law, uh, Coughlin's son-in-law, Chris Snake. Uh, there you go. Assis. Very good. There you go. See, Costos redeemed him. I didn't even have to redeem himself. He had a big victory on Use Your Noodle. Everything's coming up, Costos, and everything will come up. In the black for you, as long as you're listening to you better, you bet, except until Damashek shows up to vanquish this Costos character and trivia at some point before uh, pro football kicks off there. Thanks, fella. You're the tops. Talk to you.
Good times with Nick. What did you think, Spaghetti? Final review. I, I'm shocked at how low he is on Daniel Jones, and I think I, I did know this, but he does make some other good points, and that's kind of what I've been convincing myself with this giant season upcoming and why I do like the over seven wins if you hit Fandle.com slash minus three. It's because even – let's just remove the quarterback. Think about the guys they're getting back they did not have last year. Obviously, number one, Saquon Barkley, it's a big one. Uh, Nate Solder they're getting back to play the left tackle or right tackle, probably right tackle because it seems like Andrew Thomas, second half of last year, kind of figured things out. He's coming to camp in great shape. I trust him. He's going to be a, a pretty good cornerstone there. And they're also getting back Lorenzo Carter, who was injured last year as well. And, you know, when you add those three veteran pieces, plus what they did in the draft, getting depth at places. Like, depth is such a big thing, especially seeing now. Cam Akers goes down with an Achilles. Like, you have no depth. They have depth at wide receiver. They have depth at passers. They drafted Oziz Ojolari. They drafted Aaron Robinson, a big corner. They they, they signed um, Adore Jackson. They have Logan Ryan back there. Dribble Peppers, uh, you know, Julian Love. They have, and James Bradbury, who we spoke about. They have a lot of guys there, which is a thing that kind of goes unnoticed in the NFL. And I just love the Giants for that regard, that they have guys that you can plug and play if they if you need to. So if Jones comes in and he's league average, it is a good roster. If things go really, really sideways, which I don't really suspect, then Nick's point to, like, you know, they have two picks in the draft and probably Gettleman is gone and they'll move on from Jones. It's like, then, yeah, they're, the next quarterback that steps in is a good roster. But focusing on this season, like, I just can't see in a division with – I don't like the the Washington football team, and I definitely don't like the Eagles. That's four games right there. They may split with the Cowboys. It's five wins. Like, you're not going to tell me they're going to get over seven in a 17-game season. So, I don't know. I like the Giants a lot this year. We'll see there. And the other New York team, the Jets, I mean, value at least at plus 2,100 to to win the East. They're, you know, they're not going to win it. But just to, to put it into some context, the Texans – are plus 2,700 to win their division. Now, it's a it's a rotten division, the AFC South. I am surprised that the Colts have a, a narrow um, – the odds are slightly better for the Colts to win the division than the Titans. I don't know how the Titans haven't jumped past the Colts at this point with uh, adding Julio Jones to that roster. But the, the most interesting one – I'm getting closer and closer here, Spaghetti, to making the Dolphins my official AFC East pick – Good value there, at least at plus 310, right? I mean, the Bills, we've decided that they're definitely going to win the division. Um, right now, you get them at uh, at minus 150. But, you know, I- I'm not going to get as crazy as Nick with uh, – but talk about the value of an MVP pick with two at, uh, at 60 to 1. Um the Dolphins stand out to me there at, uh, at plus 310 as, a, as an interesting proposition um, here in late July. All right, Spaghetti, we got we got like what, five weeks or there about six weeks to get right mentally and otherwise for football to kick things off. Can't wait. Good times chopping it up with uh, with Nick today. The appetite is officially wet and we're not even uh, August yet. So uh, more football talk for you. And in uh, baseball talk, as we proceed here on minus three, make sure you're following along all the fun on social media. Um, minus three pod is how you do that. And uh, for Nick Costos and Eddie Spaghetti, make sure you're checking out everything on the Extra Points Network. Good stuff all the way around there. Thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.